0: We play Custer's Revenge for Atari 2600 this week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger alongside Heather Ann Campbell. Hi,
1: I'm Heather Ann Campbell. I'm beside Matt Apodaca.
0: Hello, everyone. Ah, hello, everyone. Every week, rolling in. Taking the nation by storm. People love it. I can already hear them saying it back to me. So this is crazy. (laughs) Someone got a hello, everyone brand on social media. I saw that. Um, Yeah. And uh, hey, that's just, that's, (laughs) that's the kind of affection people have for that catchphrase. People love it. They're saying it's the best catchphrase of all time. I've heard that it, So you know what incident, in, interestingly someone got a tattoo that said hello everyone is the best catchphrase of all time yeah, so and that sentiment know, is widely
2: shared oh it's, that was actually that was me that was my tattoo <laughs> 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 reveal yeah that's your full chest <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, written uh, written in fire <laughs> there's a lot of skulls in it because I think it's real punk <laughs> it's uh, it looks great oh
0: thanks um, uh, uh, hey you know what we've got, a, we've got a really really wretched game to discuss this week so before we immerse ourselves and that nonsense. Uh, it's time to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Heather, I'm going to yield my time to you because you have been oh, playing Death Stranding.
1: I have been playing Death Stranding, and let me tell you, it's fucking incredible. It's great. I have not been addicted to the mechanic in a game, the core mechanic in a game, it's been so long that I don't even remember the last time that I was like, I don't wanna I don't care about the story, although the story's great and the and the science fiction world is great, but the core mechanic get a package. Bring the package Somebody is happy. Nobody in the game except for the terrorists are upset.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everybody is so in so grateful to see you and you feel so much like you've accomplished something when you drag an almost impossible weight up a mountain to a, a, a lone prepper in the, in the woods and you're like here is your ceramics and they're like thank you and they look at it and they're like this is in great condition and then you hear like and it's great i i feel Nine, like i'm going eight,
3: crazy seven <laughs> uh, six, i wake up five, and i play it four, i'm three, losing two, my mind one.
0: okay <laughs> Oh. Huh. Uh, it's a lot of people perhaps might be turned off by that description but that makes me want to play it so much more
1: (laughs) just
2: having tasks to complete I'm into it
1: it's Unstoppable. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, and also
1: there's tasks alongside other tasks.
2: No, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, uh, whenever a game seems boring, I'm like very on board. Like one of my favorite games over the past couple of years was Papers, Please, where you're literally yeah. right. where the entire game is you're literally a guy working at like the border in a fake Eastern European country. And the whole game is just you checking if passports are real or fake. Yep. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's my life. <laughs> my life's so exciting that I just need I need tedium. To take me away from it. There's something
0: very satisfying about having a job. And hey, talking right now is uh, this week's guest, a writer and comedian whose credits include Camp Nick on Nickelodeon, Lego Ninjago, Decoded on Cartoon Network, and his short film Telling People You're Native American When You're Not Native is a lot like telling a bear you're a bear when you're not a bear,
2: Joey Clift. Hi, Joey. Yeah, whoa, it's me. That's a (laughs) very long name of a short. That's real... Even the acronyms unwieldy. I wrote it down once and will not say it because it's too hard to remember. Uh, 24 words long. I name all of my things like Fiona Apple album titles.
0: <laughs> uh, Joey, you are you are really into indie games.
2: Um yeah, so I'm I'm so I'm one of those people that I was a huge hardcore gamer. Um, pretty much up until I was like 21, 22. Right. And I mean, I, I was like hardcore to the point that I was like, gonna, I was gonna become a video game programmer. And then when I was like 12, I took like a, just like a, a C plus basic programming class in like middle school and it was real hard. So I was yeah. like, no, not for me anymore. <laughs> you made the <laughs> um, right choice. Yeah. I mean, the,
0: the, as, as far as, I mean, I worked in the video game industry and uh, working in TV is much better, working in film and TV. Yeah.
2: It's like that. That's, I have a lot of friends that work in the video game industry yeah. now and like that's to be a very universal, like, oh, you made the right choice. Punishing
0: hours and and poor pay, because it's none of it is unionized and a lot of, you know, game developers who are creating great stuff and making stuff that's very, very profitable uh, for their employers, they're not getting any of that sent their way. But this is not me talking about the labor issues in the video game industry. You you love <laughs> I want to hear yeah, more about your indie game yeah, taste. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I'm going on more of a side tangent about, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, so um, like, I've had to kind of like slow down, basically like in my adult life, like comedy has sort of replaced the 16 16- Hours a day I used to play video games. right. <laughs> uh, so I really love just like weird indie games. The type of games where it's like uh, you know, like uh you can beat it in like four to six hours or something like that. I kind of allow myself like a couple weekends a year, and then usually in December when things slow down in the entertainment industry, I'll give myself a full week of like, oh, I'm playing for 18 hours every day or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> do
1: you do you find that there's an indie aesthetic that you're particularly fond of? For example, like the throwback um chip. Gra- what are you, 8-bit, yeah, like 16?
2: Pix- pixel, yeah. yeah.
1: pixel graphics yeah. like Papers, Please? Or do you, are you sort of agnostic towards the style?
2: I mean, I would say that I'm pretty agnostic. Like Papers, Please is really great, but I also loved Gris, which was like an indie game that came mm. out this year mm-hmm. that was like essentially like playing a painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also another like four-hour platformer that's about grief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're all very weird and arty. Um, yeah, yeah I, I guess that in terms of, like my my like jam for indie games is probably like post apocalyptic roguelikes. Mm. Um or just like any type of roguelikes. So um you know, things like FTL, yeah. which is a really great game. Man, uh, I played
0: the shit out of FTL. I used to not like roguelikes at all. Like when I was younger, I was always like, But I want to finish a story. Like or or like I don't but then I I die and then I have to restart all over. But now I like I love them. They found them yeah. very
2: absorbing. Well yeah, and there is also just something really satisfying about like one beating a roguelike, because right. it's like, oh there's there's stakes to my characters dying, or there's stakes to things happening but there is also just this feeling of like oh I could play a roguelike for like an hour or two and then if I die it's like done and then it's like oh that was a satisfying exactly video game experience
0: yeah I, I so you, FTL um, developed by Subset Games that also made Into the Breach which was my favorite game of 2018 I love that game oh yeah Into the Breach game. was great yeah, yeah. and that the, both those I, I just like that one's also a roguelike uh, and uh, but more of a, a strategy tactical turn based as opposed to the the real time sometimes even tw- twitchy nature of FTL i feel like right. there's
2: parts where you you bo- it's borderline twitchy when well, there is just uh so like you know not to get into the mechanics of into the breach too much but yeah. it's like it's a strategy game where basically like you kind of control time in such a way that like every move you feel like a genius if you do something right it's just like okay i moved this character and made them fire which made this bug go into this direction which caused a chain reaction to kill these three bugs right uh, but yeah those are great um, I also like I really uh, a lot of my early favorite games growing up were things like Earthbound, Mother 3 and stuff like that oh hell yeah now um, you're talking Heather's yeah. language and literally this is a replica Lucas shirt <gasps> wow yeah! uh, from Mother 3 uh, I've got a courage badge from Mother 3 on my laptop bag um, so, uh, I, I want I just want to give a shout out to, um, there's a video game series called Lisa the Painful mm-hmm. that is, uh, it's like Earthbound, but for adults kind of, which oh, sounds lame, but like playing it, it's great.
1: Can you put that up on the screen so I can look at it and mm-hmm. burn it into my brain? Okay, yeah. I'm it, looking at Lisa like the a, Painful. It's like
2: a side-scrolling turn-based RPG that is very, uh, bleak, but great. Great. Uh, yeah, you should check it out. It's only like eight hours or something like I that. I wish
1: we could talk about Mother 3 for like the next 45 minutes.
2: Yeah, same. Because
1: I don't know anybody who's who's played it other than you now
2: yeah I mean it's just well it's because it like never came out in the yeah, states yeah. right um, what yeah. did you you played a fan translated
0: rom what did you play yeah
2: there's a there's specifically like a fan translated rom that came out in the late 2000s because like fans were just like oh why is this not in out in America yeah <laughs> um, and uh, you know like I think it covers the story really well I'll, I'll uh, put myself on blast be honest I haven't beaten it yet I played <gasps> most of the way through wow it's just I don't know, like it's great, but like
1: the ending
0: a, a is a genuine the thing. gasp. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the ending, you're the so thing. horrified. That's, that's the on thing.
2: My, that's on my like I might that might be my thing. I dedicate a week to you in really, December. You really
1: sh- so I so I'd put it off for a long time and then just played it and finished it this year. Uh, nice and it's. One of my top ten of all time. Very, I
0: get it. That gasp was like Joey telling you that he voted for Jill Stein in Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs)
2: We're so horrified. Which, once again, uh, really just like you guys—you guys nailed my personality. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Mother Three. I mean, I like—I just love. This is going to sound very, I guess, you know, basic or douchey, but like just the whole games as art thing is so my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why I love like you know games like Papers, Please, or like there's a game called like Chain the homeless game where you play as a homeless person but it's not like fun it's just sad <laughs> and okay it's, it's like the game is just like busking and I don't know it's a uh, gamifying homelessness <laughs> um, yeah, yeah there's a
1: there's a new speaking of games as art there's a new uh, is it Keita Takahashi is that his name the guy who did um, oh yes uh, the guy who did Kanamari Demasi, yeah uh, he's got a new game coming out very soon and that it looks like games is art oh, what's like it, what's it little, called what's it called Wattam
0: it's a little green guy holding an umbrella and then a bunch of shit has fallen from the sky w- on top of him
1: yeah W-A-T-T-A-M I believe um, uh,
0: careful don't type in oh you'll bring up Wano. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm not talking about the prequels <laughs> for 40 minutes uh, yeah
1: I think it's a game about communicating and making friends but I'm not sure because it's because uh, it's that guy um, what's that dude's name? Can you please look it up? Because I feel like a fucking asshole. I feel like a jerk. I have two pieces of his art up on my wall. Wow,
2: right? nice. Yeah. Have, have that, you been to am 8 Bed ever?
1: Yes, that's where I, oh, yeah, I yeah. met him. And, right. Well, I didn't meet him. I was too scared to talk to him.
2: <laughs> I get that.
1: My girlfriend talked to him, though. Um, she said, "My girlfriend really likes your stuff."
2: <laughs> but that's like that's something that's so funny about like I guess like working in the entertainment industry is like you know when we're around celebs or whatever it's like who cares but if yeah. we're, but if like if I were to meet like one of the people that programmed FTL or like the guy that made Lisa the Painful like my hands would sweat while shaking his hand. Yeah, yeah.
0: I uh, the mo- like the most freaked out I was by a celebrity is. And I've been in the same room as uh, President Obama, but was, was seeing Shigeru Miyamoto at E3. Oh, no question. And I swore he made eye contact with me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, could not handle it.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, I for me, it's like, uh, pro wrestler, the undertaker and Shigeru Moimoto are the two people that I would like cry if I met.
0: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 feel like, and I might have a situation in my life where I meet Kareem Abdul-Jabbar cause he is like right. Yeah, he's a writer. TV, yeah. So, yeah. uh, but I, I love Kareem so much. Uh, Matt, who's your celebrity, uh, man crush? What do you, what are you uh, saying? I will say,
3: I have a, re- I have a real one. I have, uh, I saw, I, st- I saw Molly Shannon at Gelson's one time and uh-huh. I was starting to walk toward her and then immediately turned around because I felt like I was going to start crying and I did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Did she see you cry? No, 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 no. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, I God. was
3: very embarrassed. I uh, hope she doesn't and, listen uh, to this podcast. No, and <laughs> I'm embarrassed for sharing it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Molly Shannon, uh, big how-did-this-get-played fan. Yeah. <laughs> just a true comedy icon. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can't think of a, I mean, other than, yeah, other than, Gaming people, I can't think, like, uh, normal celebrities don't f- phase me at all. Cher, sure. bah. <laughs> Tom Hanks, more like Tom Hike, take uh, one. <laughs> Well, I worked at SNL, and there were celebrities all over the right. place. Like, yeah. it just, like, there's no, I don't know. But, like, if I if I had to, like, hang out with um, the dude who designed Tetris, I'd probably piss my pants. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy... He he deserves so much credit because like Alexey Pajitnov. Yeah, like all that he got for designing Tetris was like a new computer, right? Right. Yeah. It yeah. was. It,
0: it was like, oh, I think it was owned by the Soviet government because yeah. he worked for. He designed it on their computers. Yeah, yeah. The whole the haggling over the licensing was that he was the one who profited, but he eventually had the Tetris company or everything. He made some profit. off Yeah, I, that. Think,
2: I think it's like like since then that's one of the reasons there's so many Tetris like reboots and stuff. Right. It's like that's him. That's him getting his Tetris money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you mentioned uh, pro wrestler, the undertaker, is there a, is, have you ever b- had much fun with a uh, wrestling video games? Has there ever been one that hooked you?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was definitely like a huge, like, you know, N64, no mercy, WrestleMania 2000 oh, yeah. kind of guy. Um, I, I slowed down on wrestle, wrestling video games around, uh, I want to say, 2003 SmackDown Here Comes the Pain because I'm the type of person that likes to design myself in video games. Sure. And I'm a very thin and weak man. (laughs) And and, uh, Here Comes the Pain was the first year where uh, a thin and weak wrestler could not body slam the big show. So I remember like creating myself and then uh, getting into a match with like Brock Lesnar, he punched me in the face. Immediately, my head hit like critical <laughs> And then it's like, I think I tried to punch him and he literally grabbed my hand and made me noogie myself. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is just what my life is. Yeah.
0: That's no fun if you can't, if you're treated like. Your puny character can't be like a super heroic. That's part yeah. of the fun of of, of creating your avatar in game. Yeah. I think
1: you know what I. Our so I don't play any wrestling video mm-hmm. games. Um, I've watched them, but I would think that a good wrestling video game would be where you have to memorize an insane chain of button inputs and then during the match you have to just do those button inputs in sequence (laughs) and if you miss you get injured for real and then like the (laughs) the the game is like your health bar going down your health bar going down if you fuck up the choreography
2: that honestly that I thought that you were doing a bit in describing a fighting, just like you know, a Street Fighter or something like that. But the way that you describe that, that makes sense in the context of like what wrestling, yeah, is. Like, actually sure, is, yeah, you know? um, yeah. And there could be opportunities where it's like, if you botch, then like the sequence changes a bunch, and you have to really quickly like work on the fly to change it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, be great. it's more about working through the
0: the sort of loose choreography. Uh, I, I do know that that some of the wrestling styles and and you know I'm. I, not speaking, certainly not speaking from expertise, it's just hearsay, but like, like some of the, there is some, a, a good amount of improv slash uh, putting it up, putting it together on their feet. Yeah. But there are a lot of beats that are like scripted in advance. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that is an issue because a lot of wrestling games are more like fighting games. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to what wrestling, like, like we're trying to get a good performance out of it. Yeah.
1: If you watch a good wrestling match, you're, what you're experiencing is an extraordinary level of, of, choreography, communication, improvisation mm-hmm. and the sort of energy of the selling of the thing. Right. Like that's what you're enjoying is the theater. And it's a shame that there aren't games that like demonstrate that theater to the player.
2: I mean there are there are a few modes in. I mean it hasn't been a little bit it's been a little while for the Smackdown games, but there are wrestling games that focus Less on, you know, like the the fighting game aspect of it and more on the like you're managing a TV show. Oh, yeah. So that's situations where it's like, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter who's champion. It matters of like these two wrestlers put on a good match and that had a good rating or great, whatever. Great, great. Um, How did Dave Meltzer react to this? <laughs> oh, oh, that's the question I want to know. Uh, Dave Meltzer, uh, pro wrestling journalist that only uh, nerds like me and Nick uh, know about or care about, but we care so much about him.
1: <laughs> I know who uh, Meltz- Meltzler is. Metzler? Metzler? Yes. His whatever, name? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know who that guy is. Um, so let's, uh, with this,
0: this week we're talking about an Atari 2600 game and before we get into this particular depraved piece of software, I want to talk about the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, a little bit more generally, my grandparents had an Atari Twenty Six Hundred specifically for entertaining grandkids. And as I was ta- was like researching this game and and the associate era, I was like reminded just how much the Atari Twenty Six Hundred just like fucking sucked as a system yeah. some of these games were so fucking bad oh yeah yeah. they just they were just like awful stripped down ports the most playable of them were like Centipede Missile Command but like the Pac-Man port the Donkey Kong port were just like execrable
1: Pac- Pac-Man port can you pull up like an audio clip of it what was great about the Pac-Man port because I had a, a neighbor down the street who had one in their uh, in their den or whatever yes. and it, it the sound of the Pac-Man port is horrible Horrible. Right. Very excited to hear this. Boink, boink,
2: boink. That looks that looks like somebody threw up onto a TV. (laughs) It's just a it's just a blue grid with a a puke brown background. Uh, It takes place in the year 1915, so it's a (laughs) World War I simulator. Uh, those are the ghosts of uh, Belgian soldiers. (laughs) Yikes. God, Jesus Christ. That's crazy because, like, the
3: real Pac-Man sounds are so pleasant and fun. Yeah. Yeah. This fucking
1: sucks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This would break me and Gitmo so fast. Also, like, (laughs) how how are you supposed to track what the ghosts are? They just literally blink in and out like the ring. Yeah. It's
0: basically unplayable because they couldn't display all these sprites and they couldn't couldn't they couldn't animate these sprites on screen at the same time. Yeah. So the 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 ghosts are just erratically flashing across the game board. Yeah, it fucking sucked. It's an I awful hate board. That. It's so bad. And and that game retailed for sixty dollars. <laughs> you spent sixty dollars in nineteen eighty two money to play that piece of shit.
2: <laughs> I, I feel like I'm similar to you guys in that like I I never owned my own Atari 2600. It was definitely something that was, like, at my grandparents' Mm -hmm. house that, like, you know, we would, like, dust off every once in a while. And it's—I never had, like— Fun playing an Atari 600 game. No,
0: yeah, because I had a Nintendo at home, and Nintendo was great. And I eventually learned, yeah. and it took my dumb little kid brain like two years to realize I could just bring my Nintendo to my grandma's house. Wait, we can do there. that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making this realization.
0: <laughs> I figured that at one point and, and brought my Super Nintendo and played Link to the Past like all weekend while uh, I was staying with my nice. grandma's, and I was like, holy shit! I felt like a genius. <laughs> I felt like I pulled off a heist. Because um, yeah, the game I remember, the, uh, Pole Position was kind of playable. That was the the racing game. Um Empire Strikes Back. I remember I was so I like I loved Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back game. I don't know if we want to bring up an image of this Matt, and maybe we could post some of these on on social media. But that game just again, you're just doing the the speed the uh, the snow level uh and yeah, I remember uh, this. Yeah, and it's kind of playable, but it also just looks like complete dog shit. It looks so bad. <laughs> I, I don't know how many. I don't know the exact specs of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, but it feels like the resolution of the screen was like eighty by eighty pixels.
1: <laughs> it's got. I mean the the color on that the the Empire Strikes Back game is is a really nice palette. Yes. Um. But that was it. Like it was unrec nearly unrecognizable. Other than that, it looked like you were uh, flying a mosquito at a long legged dog. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that's something that's so interesting to me about like specifically like Atari games are like I guess I would say pre-Nintendo is yes. like the cover art had to be so detailed because right. it was the only way you could have any idea what the fuck was going right. on
1: it's almost like the older the games are the more they relied on your imagination oh yeah and so our mem- the, I think the thing about our nostalgia for a lot of these old games is like we really do remember them as good yes looking and they're not Good looking. No. But it was because you were filling in so much of it with your brain. Um, that's absolutely true. And,
0: and, I, and also the Atari 2600 for people who would, who never had yeah. this system or too young, had a little joystick with a little, it was just like a stiff joystick with, I think one button, maybe two buttons. Yeah. Um, and so it was just versus a game pad. It was, it was such a step down and even versus an arcade uh, joystick. It was just so bad. It was so, uh, such a poor control mechanism. When it had wood paneling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was the you know the styling of a of a nineteen seventy seven Chevy Se- Sebring. I don't know. Right? I
1: don't know why. Uh, the, you So Matt has pulled up the Atari twenty six hundred on our uh, computer, and there are some for sale, and one of them is retailing for seven thousand five hundred dollars, which I'm guessing is just today's money. <laughs> But that the retail price of the original <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, just adjusted for inflation. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Also, oh, I should go to my grandmother's house and uh, ask if I can. Uh, her grandson can have her Atari. <laughs> my guess is this is like mitten box. Like, that's
0: the only yeah, way I could see that being be that it. valuable because there was such a surplus of these produced at the time. Um, uh, yeah, the the, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred as a system was. Uh, it was was pretty bad I mean it was the early days of of game of home gaming uh but you know there was such a huge gulf between what was at the arcade and what was uh, available for console right. um in terms of technology um and we're talking about one of the worst I think probably the worst both in terms of subject matter and gameplay uh video uh, video game that was developed for the Atari 2600 and it came just at the end on the tail end of Atari 2600's reign over the industry Basically, right after this game released, we w- the video game crash of 1983 happened, and the entire industry lost, like, you know, 90% of its value and really didn't recover until the domestic release of the Nintendo Entertainment System a couple years later. Uh, but this week's game, I'm dancing around it. It's Custer's Revenge. It's an unlicensed adult game developed by Mystique. And released for Atari 2600 in 1982, as I mentioned. A single-screen game which you control a mostly new General Custer as you dodge arrows and attempt to sexually assault a captive Native American woman. Um, Joey, thank you for discussing this awful game with us. Uh, I I did want to discuss, because you are an enrolled member of the Cowlitz Indian tribe, is that correct? Yes. Um, uh, Native representation in games in general, this is
2: the most egregious examples, but it's generally pretty poor, yes? Um, Yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean... There are, like, it's pretty poor, but there are a couple of bright spots. Uh, examples would be, um, like, Prey was a really good game that had, like, a oh, yeah. contemporary native protagonist. Um, you know, like, it's a little stereotypical, but, like, Turok is pretty dope. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of characters, like— uh, Turok Knight- is dope. Yeah, yeah. Turok's dope. <laughs> um, uh, I think, like, uh, Nighthawk from Mortal Kombat. I mean, but it, it's tough. There's not there's not a lot of great stuff out right. there.
0: Um, yeah, I, I think like, uh, I was talking as we were prepping for this episode, I was talking with Heather and Matt a little bit about like, even Oregon trail, it had their native Americans on Oregon trail, which is a, you know, an edutainment game for kids, but they're just represented as Raiders. <laughs> like, like the Raiders are coming. Right. And it's just sort of, it's, it really is just playing on that, you know, old Western trope of like, uh, you know, natives attacking sell- settlers.
2: Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And actually. I mean, uh, like. Talking about me me specifically being on this episode of this show, Mm -hmm. um, a thing that, like, it would be hard for me to be on this episode of this show uh, without talking about uh, something that I think is kind of an elephant in the room for me, at least, and that's, like, tokenization. Sure. Mm -hmm. And um, what I mean by that is, and, like, I'm being, like, this is, like, not a bit, this is super serious. Yeah. I think I'm the only Native American guest you've had on the show, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, So you had me on an episode to talk about a video game where the whole point of the game is for General Custer to rape a Native American woman, and it's for the Thanksgiving episode. That's like, not. I'm not saying this not as bad, that's fucked up. Like, Mm. And I guess, uh, what the fuck? Why, what, what was the thought process in putting this episode together?
0: I mean, you're right to call us out on it. I guess we didn't think about the tokenization of it that much. We thought of you as a gamer and we thought of you, we figured we'd want a native perspective on something so grim and so dark. Um, but you're right. It is fucked up to put you in that box and say like, Hey, this is your responsibility to come in and talk about this fucked up thing.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it bums me out a lot. And once again, you know, apologies for actually, no, I'm not going to apologize for that. These are my emotions. Um, you know, it's there is this thing, oftentimes, especially like with natives in the entertainment industry and the comedy community, in that right. I'm one of very few, and it's sort of like uh, it's it's tough because it kind of minimizes us into being um, uh, less than what we are. Like it kind of sure. puts me into a box of not necessarily being like a super funny comedy writer. And we had like a great conversation before this, and like you know, you are you two are people that I really respect, Matt. You're somebody that I consider to be a friend. Um, but it it just sort of tells me like, oh, you didn't bring me onto this show because I'm a funny comedy writer. You brought me onto this show because I'm a native comedy writer. Mm. And like, you know, there is something to that, that it just makes me feel like less than, you know? I get what you mean. Mm -hmm. And I will say that like
0: our thought process was, and you know, again, it's fair for you to call us out on this. Obviously our thought process was, well, this is a game that is dealing with something that's fucked up about native Americans and about the way they're represented in media. And we figured we would want a native perspective on that because otherwise, you know, is it, it it feels like it's talking about elephant in the room. It would feel like the elephant in the room. If there wasn't a native perspective here, are we like not, you know, are are we not having the person comment on it? Who would be, have the most relevant perspective?
1: I think it's, it's you know. uh, and again, this is not to minimize your feelings in any way. Um, I think a lot of podcasting and a lot of like booking guests um, is thematic, right? So like if there, if there's a, if there's a, a, a show about um, gay comedy writers, I might be called in as a potential guest on that, right. and it's not because I'm not a comedy writer otherwise. It's because the episode is about specifically what can you speak to as a gay comedy writer, uh, and I think that I think that unfortunately, for the sake of packaging, uh, it's like, well, what what would be the most interesting conversation to have about this game, and it would be with somebody who has legitimate thoughts about Native American representation and is a Native American. But
2: I I mean I I get what you're talking about, but I guess that like where where it kind of like bumps me a little bit or like burns me a little bit is that like that's not what the show is. Like mm-hmm. you haven't like, you know, you uh you guys don't often tackle this kind of stuff. And you know, you didn't necessarily have like a black performer on this show specifically for Martin Luther King Day to talk about some games specifically about the black experience. Right, They're allowed to just be comedians. Sure. Um, so like, you know, I, I 100% understand packaging, but it is just this feeling of like, oh, like, why is it just for natives?
0: Well, I don't think we were just going to discuss, to, to speak to that specifically. Um, and you mentioned having a good discussion before we got into this topic. Our idea wasn't like, hey, we're going to talk exclusively about Custer's Revenge. Like, we wanted to get to know you as a gamer and you're, you're in, you know... Uh beyond and like, 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 like have you uh, your perspective as a, as a comedy writer beyond just the native perspective on this particular game. But let me, let me ask you this, is this like, like, what do you think is the way to address a game like Custer's revenge? Is that a thing like, like, Hey, let's just not cover this. Is that like, Hey, let's not have a native guest for this. Or is, is you're specifically talking about the combo of you being on the show for the first time, and having to deal with a game that is so offensive towards your culture.
2: I mean, I guess that it's, um, for me, it's it's a combo of uh, me being a native, yeah. uh, this game being specifically very offensive toward native stuff, um, and also the fact that it's for the Thanksgiving episode. Mm. Like, there is kind of a feeling of uh, something that like, often, ha- often happens with members of marginalized groups, is that we are... Uh, only brought in in the time of year that is our thing that is circled. Mm. So it's like, you know, I know a lot of like, you know, super funny uh, black comedians that only get meetings in February during Black History Month. Mm -hmm. Um, For Natives, uh, you know, we get a lot of like weird meetings um, specifically around November, which is like Native American Heritage Month. And um, an issue with that, and like oftentimes how myself and a lot of my friends feel, is that like, we're not looked at as people, we're looked at as, like I said, like a token. Yeah. Um. And, you know, like a, a great example of that would be like, I had a general a couple weeks ago where like the the first thing the exec asked me is what my thoughts were on Elizabeth Warren. Mm. And at no point engaged with like what I'm working on or me as a comedy writer. It's just kind of, there's a feeling of like wringing your hands and like, oh, I got a native in the room. Mm. Um. So, you know, the, specifically to your guys' point of how do you cover something about this that is like very particularly about a marginalized group. Um, I've got a couple things to say about that. Um, One is that um, I guess that like that, this is the first time that you've had a native on the show. Right. Feels kind of weird. It's like, there's not a pre-established relationship where I feel like I would be on the show to cover a different game. Um, I'll I'll just say that that's not true. We would have had
0: you on the show for sure.
2: All right. Uh, well thank you because
0: you're a guy that. in the community and you and we know you're a gamer
2: yeah and then um, the other the other reason that that bumps me is that like I don't know this is like this game's about the ghost of General Custer raping a Native American woman right. I don't think that you need like a Native perspective to say that that's bad
0: yeah that makes sense
2: yeah so it's sort of like what like what do you want me to say about that mm. other than to give more like really sad context about you know like uh, I mean I'll just be real like Native American women are, like, raped, murdered, and go missing at a rate far greater than any ethnicity. And this is something that, like, still happens a lot today. So it's like, I don't know. I guess I can offer that perspective. But also, like, that's probably not the most fun thing to talk about in a comedy podcast, you know?
1: I (sighs) – so two things. One is that uh, I don't know if it was my negligence as a as a human being, but um, when we booked you for this episode, I did not know that you were Native American. Like I don't think it had ever come up in our relationship previously. Yeah. Um, I thought of I thought you were the wrestling guy. Uh, that being said, um, one of so one of the things that we talked about. Prior to this, like when we were like, hey, what kind of things should we talk about in this episode? One of the things that I wanted to ask you is, are there any good representations? I think I even worded it this way. Mm -hmm. Are there any good representations of indigenous people in film or television? Because I couldn't think of anything. And... The reason I wa- was excited to ask you that question is because I don't feel like I have any authority by which to judge any of that media, in a, and, and to be like, well, here's here's a here's something you should watch, here's something you should read, here's something you should listen to, um, and so for me, that was like the fucking game sucks. It sucks for it sucks for Native Americans. Mm-hmm. It sucks for women. Like if I, like to be a kid who was looking at the way women were represented in video games, it fucking blows. Like it was famous that you could rape a woman and you couldn't really play as women in video games yet. So like when, when I was getting excited about this episode, it was more because I was like, this is wrong. How, what, where is the good stuff? And what, and what could you share with us? That would be good. Um, I don't know. I like. I- we we
0: fucked up. We fucked up very bad. And that's. And we're. I'm really sorry to you, Joey, because you are someone I respect as a comedy writer and as a person. And I don't think of you as like, oh, Joey is native first. I like. I think of you as a guy who happens to be native. And we thought you might want to. You might speak to this, but your your points are salient. Yeah. And you clearly confront this. You know, throughout it, it, all the time in your life, and I'm truly sorry to you. Yeah.
2: Um. Well, I mean, I. I appreciate that apology. And, you know, I mean, like, I just want you guys to know that, like, this isn't, I'm not like Mr. Callout. Right. Like, I think that, you know, in the time that you guys have known me, I'm I'm pretty mellow dude. Um, But, like, this was just one of those situations where it's like, I get emailed, especially now that I'm like, you know, like, I've, I'm an enrolled member of a tribe. I grew up on a reservation. Like, I've right. been native my whole life. It's just that, like, that didn't necessarily intersect with things that I did in comedy up until probably in the past two years or so. So now I'm getting a lot of, like, you know, people reach out to me for stuff similar to this. And um, usually I uh, ignore those emails. Right. Or I, uh, you know, I'll text one of my native friends about, like, oh, this this production company sucks. Don't meet with them or whatever. Whereas this felt like a situation where, you know, like I said, because, like, I know all of you, it, like, burned a little bit more. And then I also um, talked to a lot of our mutual friends over the past week Mm -hmm. about this, about how exactly Mm. to go about this, and all of them said uh, that you would engage in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is one of those things where it's like, you know, like you said, there's not a ton of great Native representation on TV or in podcasting. So um, like, this is a conversation that if I were to just go on the show and be like, hey, Thanksgiving episode, whoa, Custard Revenge is bad. It's like, what does that do for like, you know, like a Native kid who's like, I want to talk about other stuff. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that this would be a useful conversation to have publicly. I mean, um, it's definitely
0: useful. Yeah. yeah I will really. say it's ironic that, uh, we've kind of created the Custer's revenge of podcast episodes <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> so offensively booking you for <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was, uh, yeah, I was about to say, uh, you really pulled a Custer's revenge. Of this? <laughs> um, and you know, I and mean, I, uh, I appreciate you guys, uh, entertaining this conversation, uh, and, uh, we'll see if it airs or not. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll release this episode. Yeah. Of oh, right. of course it's, it's, you know, of course this is we, we fucked up very yeah. badly.
1: And then we'll cancel the show. <laughs> oh, great.
2: Yeah, that's the goal. And like, you know, uh, I mean, uh, before we get into, uh, other topics, um, you know, uh, if you feel bad, uh, a good way to feel better is to b- book natives on the show to talk about for sure, sure. A thing that's not sure. about a native woman being raped, not for the Thanksgiving episode. Like, right. I don't know. Invite me back in March to talk about Garfield card <laughs> or if like or if like this was weird and you don't want me back mm-hmm. Uh, let me know. I know a ton of funny native comedians in LA. I'm happy to connect you guys with people. Have you played Garfield Kart? Um, I don't, but I want an excuse to. <laughs> I do want to play Garfield Kart.
1: I don't know a Garfield Kart.
0: It's, it's Mario Kart with Garfield.
2: Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, apparently very bad. Um. It
0: looks like, ex- like, extreme, like, total shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But Jim Davis, I think, approved it. And, yeah. like, he would never steer me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: But uh, we'll we'll book Jim
2: Davis for that episode and have this exact same conversation with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then I'll come in and be like, as a fan of cats, you brought me in on Cat Awareness Month. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, yeah. it was, it, I, I feel really, really shitty, Joey, because you're a good dude. And um, I know you speak passionately to, you know, to native issues. And that's part of why I'll just say I thought of you. And I thought like, oh, but you're every everything you're saying makes sense. And yeah. if I thought through it more. Um, I would have seen that how deeply offensive this would be to someone who is native American. Yeah, I'm, we're really I'm very sorry. sorry. Yeah. We're really
1: sorry. Yeah.
2: Um, well, I mean, once again, you know, I appreciate the apologies. Uh, that's uh, what I was here for. Is the <laughs> uh, you know, but it, but it also, it sucks. Cause it's like, this hasn't been fun for me over the past week to think about how I was going to talk about this, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, right. And like, you know, for anybody listening, uh, tokenizing people sucks. And like, yeah. it, like, you know, it genuinely bumps people out. And this is a feeling that, like, you know, any person of color listening to this, uh, I'm sure, gets it and probably right. is like, oh, that does suck. Um, So, yeah, you know, uh, to answer your question about, like, you know, maybe... I'm not saying that you should not cover this game, yeah. but it's just all of the things together is uh lame. <laughs> um So, like, yeah, you know, I mean... Uh, but, like, uh, you, Heather, you were asking earlier about specifically, like, Native American media, stuff that's good out there. I mean, there's not a ton, but there are uh, a couple of really great movies. Smoke Signals by Sherman Alexie is a great example of like one Sundance. Um, He's not Native American, but Taika Waititi is indigenous, and we kind of claim him a little bit. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Jojo Rabbit's a good movie. Um, And then uh, there are a lot of really great um, uh, native-run podcasts and stuff like that. Um, I believe like uh, Our Land is one. Um, It's sort of a, we don't really have like a, ton of things going on for us in the media in terms of representation and that's one of the reasons why once again if I'm on a show like this I gotta call stuff out because I'm like the one native guy in the comedy community that gets these opportunities um, but the uh, there are like a lot of great things kind of on the horizon like Sierra Ornalis recently sold a show to the Peacock Network that um, I uh, forget what it's called but it's supposed to be really good um, Taika Waititi and a really good native writer named Sterling Harjo just sold a show to FX and um, and these are like, I think it's called res dogs. And these are like the first time the native show is sold to like an, a network. These right. are a lot of great mm-hmm. things. And so like uh, like Wes Studi presented, he's a native actor. He presented at the Oscars or the Academy Awards, I think, a year or two ago. And he was like the first native actor to ever present on stage at the Academy Awards. So like, you know, for me to say, Oh, is there a great native TV show that you could watch? Like, no, but in a couple of years maybe. Right. So um, you know, my answer to that would just be to like When you see native people doing stuff, be supportive of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does.
2: Well, hey, those were our thoughts on Custer's Revenge. (laughs) Heather,
0: maybe we're wrong. Uh, Here's a review from Wendy Ari. Those arrows are coming in at a weird angle, ruins the believability. Just try to continue the show normally.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was was like a lot of my thought going into this is like, oh, I'm going to call them out. And that, but like, it's going to derail the show. But like I don't know, that's not that's not my problem to worry about. Right. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh yeah, the games the let's talk about the gameplay. The gameplay's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking
0: sucks. It's true. it's truly a wretched game. It's not it's there's no level on which it's even like it's it just it's so like to your point too, Heather, it's just like so offensive to women. It's offensive to everybody. It was even controversial at the time. Like yeah. the, like Native American groups and um, women's groups were protesting it in 1983 this isn't the kind of thing where it's like oh it's aged poorly it was like at the time it was considered awful so yeah, yeah. yeah this is egregious uh, and uh, we fucked up and um, uh, hey. You say that more. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like syrup to my ears.
0: <laughs> hey, let's eat this pumpkin
2: bread. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I'm super in eating pumpkin bread.
0: It's time for a segment. We're going to do a speed
1: run <laughs> of a snack.
0: Uh,
1: it's the feed run. Oh my God. Wait, are we really going to eat? I don't, I don't know. I, we I, don't I, have to. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if I can eat right now. I feel so awful. Uh,
2: I mean, I'd eat some pumpkin. I could eat, I'll eat your here, piece of pumpkin here, yeah, bread. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so this, this is some
2: pumpkin bread. This is your reparations for uh, <laughs> making me feel like garbage for the past week is that I get two slices of pumpkin bread. Yeah,
1: here, here you go. Uh, Wait, it's,
2: did, did you make this pumpkin bread? Yeah, oh, I don't actually want to, this oh, is these are big slices yeah, of pumpkin bread. Yeah,
1: I made I made pumpkin bread to share um, with the room, and the boys are eating it right now. Um, it's good pumpkin bread. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's good pumpkin pu- it's bread. pumpkin caramel.
2: It uh, almost repaired. Right, it almost makes me feel better for my uh, j- trauma of my culture and people. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, no, I mean, that's I'm I'm purposely making you laugh, yeah. point. but this is good, but good pumpkin bread.
1: Thanks. Uh, for the record, I saved the show with Brett.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Joey, can I ask you a little bit about? And and let, let me, you know, I know you'll call me out if this is further tokenization. But you mentioned going up on a reservation. Was there any sort of uh, like what was the video game situation like there?
2: I mean. Reservations are, um, I mean, I don't know. I grew up in, like, a low, lower middle-class cul-de-sac in a right, reservation. Okay. So, like, there was, a, there was a video game store um, that was kind of just off the reservation in town that was, like, I don't know, maybe, like, two miles away or something like that. Uh, it was called The Game Outlet. Shout yeah. out to Marysville, Washington folks. And, um, yeah, uh, it was just kind of, like, your standard good mom-and-pop video game store. Um, there was also, like, a Hollywood video with a game crazy that opened up to compete with the mom-and-pop video game store. Oh, wow. And uh, so there was, like, it was a small town in Washington State. Like, the reservation didn't have a video game store, but, like, the town just off the reservation did. Right. So, you know, there was, like, kind of the standard stuff. Uh, Heather, how did
0: you, how'd you make this pumpkin bread?
1: Uh, Well, I went to Williams-Sonoma, and I bought a bag. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you had one egg. <laughs>
0: uh, Wait, this is a pre-made mix? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: uh, uh. Um, but also, I didn't expect to be uh, to answer that question, so uh, or be asked it. So. Oh, sorry. No, no. Well, I, I mean, think
0: if you prepare something fresh. People will sometimes ask, like, oh, what's a what? recipe? On? Yeah,
1: no, it's no recipe. It's just, it's just a, a full blown pre-made mix.
0: I've had some success with. I mean, I feel like because I've tried to make brownies from scratch, and I feel like the mix is always better.
1: Yeah. Mm. No, I'm I I'm a medium cook, at best. Um, but could, also the bread was for, a, was for, it was a, I mean, like, I just asked you guys if you wanted me to bring in some bread. Yeah. Um, and then it became a segment.
2: Uh, do you feel, actually, I'm going to ask you a, mm-hmm. a Doughboy's question. Yeah, please. Do you feel, I guess, do you feel tokenized as being a food guy?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> fucking what? Like, <laughs> it's so it's like, so like, d- makes my life easier. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, um. No, it just it, like it, it. Seriously, I mean, it does result in me like getting like offered free food and stuff. So yeah, I mean that that happens sometimes. But who fucking gives a shit? Like it's not, I've no. never I've never struggled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm playing my life on tutorial difficulty. <laughs> nice six <laughs> one white male. <laughs> uh, um, this is great, Joey. This is a race, so.
2: <laughs> you,
3: oh.
0: I thought we were doing a food we we're doing a food speed run that was wait, premise, is it yeah. yeah
2: wait oh I had no idea what I didn't know this was a race I was I think, just like oh think, this is a delightful all right, fuck it. we'll abandon was, the feed right? yeah,
1: I, think, I think it was just a casual bread at this oh, point okay. or casual pumpkin bread um yeah.
0: can I talk about one of the other games that mystique developed uh beat'em and eat'? Players control two nude women on the street who must c co- m- developer of this game who must catch semen in their mouths that comes from a masturbating man on a rooftop. It is so fucking disgusting. We have a video of this here. Yeah. And the thing is they didn't have enough of a palette to represent semen as a different color <laughs> than the bl- women's blonde hair. This guy's a gigantic fucking bazooka sized dick. <laughs> but he is gunning. he's using like a gatling gun off a rooftop, and two waiting nude women are walking down the boulevard. We want to play a little of this. There we uh, go. Man, the 1980s were crazy. Yeah. And we see just, like, little drops of what's supposed to be semen, but it's yellow, like okay. the color of his hair and the women's hair, so it looks like little drops of piss.
2: And their mouths are, like, straight up, like, bear traps. Yeah. Uh, they- who – I mean, this is – I guess this is kind of an on-topic question, but who, like – who is this – who made this – get this game? <laughs> so the,
0: the developer is Mystique, a.k.a. American Multiple Industries. They were – they build their games as Swedish Erotica. Um and their parent company was Caballero Control Corporation which was a major production company in the golden age of porn. Uh, so one of their their biggest <laughs> The golden age. The golden is what they call, what they call it, the golden age like like in comics, the golden age of comics. There's a golden age of porn. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I'm finished chewing this loaf. Um, but their most their biggest film was Tracy I Love You which was the only Tracy Lords film shot after her 18th birthday. Oh my
3: God. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my Yikes. God. Yeah. It's so, but so they're, they're ga- they made these porn games and they came in leather cases. Cause they, they were meant to be like, you know, lewd and lascivious and for adults only. Um, but yeah, they were, uh, they were all fucking gross. And, uh, this one that, uh, uh we discussed uh, the most specifically, uh, disgusting. um, Hey, uh, Joey. Do do before we uh, before we wrap up. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? I mean, you've been you've been very candid with us. Uh, if there's anything we missed, anything you'd like to further castigate us for, feel free. The
2: floor um, is yours. Let's see. I mean, I've got a lot of opinions about uh, Gungan style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Heather. Uh, let's see uh, your midnight show run. It was good. You're good, uh, uh, Matt. Let me tell you about the Weezer podcast. I okay. as a fan of Weezer. Oh,
3: it's bad. Yeah, yeah. it's good. I like that podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you.
2: Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I guess, um, let's see, any additional things to say? We're not going to review the game? Um, Would you like to review the game? Uh, yeah, 10 out of 10.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Huge swerve. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, You know, the subject matter, horrible. The game, real fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, That's my bad. friend's is. is
0: the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, no, I mean, uh, uh, thank you for being open to have a conversation about this. Uh, I hope that uh, everybody listening to this uh, learn to not do this sort of thing. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Also, a, this
2: pumpkin bread is great. <laughs> oh, <right.
1: laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, I've certainly learned my lesson. I mean, I, I will never make do do something culturally insensitive again.
1: <laughs> 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 I mean, I re, I feel I I've, I'll I will feel bad about this for.
3: Maybe the rest of my life. I mean, honestly, uh,
1: for the for the foreseeable future. Good.
3: Uh, yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, it is. It is like we've all been saying we're sorry, and you've been so yeah. cool to yeah. even take those apologies. The, this was a. Uh, there was, a, you know, it's tough because yeah, obviously, I consider you a friend. We all consider you a friend. This is like a. I miss the mark, and it's like it feels bad to do this in general. It feels worse to do it because we know you and like we like yeah. really like you. Uh, it feels bad no matter what, obviously. but um, I thank you for <laughs> truly challenging us on the show uh, and making us realize the error our ways and truly issue a, the deepest and sincerest apology I can give you.
2: I I mean yeah uh I don't know. Next time you do a thing with me, make sure it's about goofs and yeah. not uh, uh, being a horrible. I don't know. Like you guys have apologized a ton. I yeah, get, you're sorry. I get it.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm about to do a bad joke, but I'm gonna I'm gonna swing for it. I will give you here. permission.
2: Right. Go for it.
1: You are welcome on my Wind Talkers podcast <laughs> time.
2: You have a Wind Talkers podcast.
1: Yeah, we're on episode 700. <laughs> okay, oh, great, great. great. Uh,
2: thank you. I appreciate it. Great. Um yeah
1: <laughs> Nick is still housing <laughs> pumpkin
2: bread. I'm trying to win the feed run
0: <laughs> uh hey if we have any questions or comments on this episode hey we'd love to hear your feedback at pod or hdtgppod at gmail.com um Joey Clift thank you so much yeah thank, thank you. you for 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 talking with us thank you for um
2: I hope next time it's under more fun circumstances yeah yeah. Is there a place where people can see your short? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Follow me on Twitter, at JoeyTainment. Um, My short's probably tagged to the top of it. Other than that, it's on Vimeo. Or if you you just Google telling people you're Native American when you're not Native is a lot like telling a bear you're a bear when you're not a bear, it'll be like the third video. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. Well, hey, that's this week's episode. Yep. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
3: (laughs) Bye.